Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. ESPN NBA insider Jay Williams joins Wolf and Luke to talk NBA and the Suns. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUclinics.com to schedule an appointment. All right, we are scheduled to talk to Jay Will here. And uh, when he calls in, we will obviously take his call. Wolf, I want to play this clip from Monty Williams, though. We didn't get to this before. No Chris Paul. He, we haven't seen Chris Paul. Well, we've seen him, but we haven't seen him playing for the Suns now in basically a month. He's essentially been day-to-day for a month. Sure. Uh, so Monty Williams, after the game last night, was asked for an update on CP3. We hope. We don't know yet, and I don't want to put anything on that, but we hope that those guys are getting closer. Are they going to play? I don't know. You know, I can't even speculate on that right now. Um, but we'll find out more, get more information as we head home and, and um, evaluate everything. Those guys that he was talking about right there, it was not Cam Johnson. It was Chris Paul and uh, and Torrey Craig who missed the game last night. So Chris Paul's last game was November 7th. And the Suns play tomorrow. It'll be December 7th. So it'll have actually been a month. Man. Last time he played. Man, that is really, that is incredible right there. Um, that is some heel bruise. That is some contusion. It's a lot of soreness. That he actually suffered right there. And again, I'm not trying to say that facetiously in any way, shape or form, but um, this has to be something. It has to be something, a plan that is much bigger than him actually having a heel contusion. <laughs> it has to be, right? Well, I, I, I mean, we, we've come to that conclusion. Yeah, I would assume going into the season the way that you have, and I, I hope, and I would assume, again, it's the Suns. They, they're pretty good about the communication. Plus, it's Game 7 against Dallas. Um, but you you sit down and you, and you, you just kind of say, okay, look, especially with a guy like Chris, and Chris is notorious for, you're not going to sit me, I'm going to play no matter what. Okay, Chris, if you're hurt this season, we're not rushing you back. If you have an injury, we're going to be careful with it. We're going to be smart about it. We're going to err on the side of caution. We can do that. Even even with some ups and downs this season, they're still at the top of the Western Conference, so you know they can do it. The What matters, big picture, is the playoffs. But it has been about a month, and you know, at some point, when when do they feel like they need him back in the yeah. lineup? You're not going to rush him back, but when do you feel like you got to get him back out? There? You're not going to rush him back at all, especially when you're the best team in the Western Conference from a record perspective. But you don't want him to sit for four months, though, either. Uh, you know, I, I'm starting to wonder about all of this because of the history, of course, that Chris Paul has of getting hurt, and in particular, what we've seen over the last couple of playoffs series and how much rest are they honestly thinking of giving him right here and will this happen again by way of example if Chris Paul played in the next game their very next game if Chris Paul plays in this game um when do they sit him back down when will they sit him back down because it doesn't seem to make sense to me. Oh, you know, we're gonna you're gonna miss the first thirty games yeah, of that the season. You're, right. you're, gonna, yeah. you're gonna miss that, and then we'll we'll play you the rest of the way into the postseason. I, I, what are you gonna do? I I don't know, Luke. I I don't know what that number is or what they're thinking. But the one thing I feel confident about saying is this is 
a plan. This is what they planned. I'm so emotionally torn on this because I hate load management, but I do think there is a difference between 37-year-old Chris Paul taking longer to come back from an injury with the, you know an eye on the bigger picture. There's a difference between that and the Spurs being like, well, you know, 26-year-old Kawhi, he just can't play in back-to-backs. We're going to sit him every night we sure. have a back-to-back. Or you know, you see a lot of teams. It's funny, like you'll 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 watch a game that doesn't involve the Suns, and it'll almost be like a foregone conclusion. Oh well, yeah, um, you know, John Wall, he's he's not going to play tonight. Maybe it's just the Clippers. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, well, yeah, why would he play tonight? It's it, they have a game tomorrow Let's night pick too. On the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> they're notorious for it right now, but they're not the only team to do it. San Antonio's, you know, certainly the team that started it. It feels like a few years ago, but there there are plenty of players around the league where it's just a given. Well, you got two games and two nights. They're not playing one of them. That I hate. Chris Paul, I think you gotta you gotta be smart about it. I would like though to have him back in time for the January twenty sixth game at Footprint Center against the Dallas Mavericks. Can we can we make that happen? Um, okay. All right. Sold. All right, done. Haven't had Tory Craig for a few days here either. So Yeah, you know what last night that's all I was thinking about too, is I was watching the Mavs out rebound the Phoenix Suns once again. Um <laughs> that <laughs> just a brutal it, it does. No, I'm, it I'm really with you, does. It bothers it me. Be an issue. Just give me the protective cup, let me slide it in right now, metaphorically speaking, because it is. It's like getting kicked right in the cradle. Um out rebounded by a team that is one of the worst rebounding teams in the association. Yeah. I, you know, again, um, there are some, some guys that I would take that personally if I were DeAndre Ayton. I would take that personally that the Dallas Mavericks did out-rebound us. You know, as a team, collectively. Now, I know you look at the box score, you look at the stat sheet, it's going to say that there were 41 rebounds for each team, and that's true. Yet at the same time, a lot of those rebounds happened for the Phoenix Suns in mop-up time. When it really didn't matter. Yeah, unfortunately, three quarters of the game felt like mop up time. You you're kept, right. I mean, anytime you're watching the game, you're like, "Hey, can they can can they cut it to 18? Maybe make a run? Can you cut it to 18? What are you doing? Why is it always an issue with Dallas?" All right, when we come back. Jay Williams is going to join us, the host of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. ESPN NBA insider Jay Williams joins Wolf and Luke to talk NBA and the. Sons. Brought to you by Midwestern University Clinics in Glendale. Faculty and graduate student-led comprehensive health care. Visit MWUClinics.com to schedule an appointment. Right, we're joined now on the Arizona Sports Line by the co-host of uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN. Jay Williams is on the line. Jay, what's going on? I'm doing well. Sorry, I was a little bit late. I was uh, participating in my daughter's recital at her school singing Kwanzaa, which you can only imagine was one hell of an event. So I apologize. That's, you don't have to apologize, but that's a pretty good reason. Um, Jay, let's. Uh, we got to start with whatever happened last night. The Suns, the Mavericks, you know, Dallas has got a great player, obviously, but they're right around a 500 team. And yet every time they play the Suns, the Suns look like they forgot how to play basketball. Did you ever? in your playing time have an experience like this where just one team seems to have your number? I mean, yeah, a lot of players have. I mean, ask Patrick Mahomes about Joe Burrow, right? <laughs> uh, it, it's, these are little things that, and it's always fascinating to me because the way Luca gets Devin Booker engaged and they're back and forth and 
you know, look, sometimes teams are just bad and that's just But, you know, here's the thing about Dallas that I get worried about is that I was literally asking Tim Legler today on our show, what's the difference between Luka Doncic right now and primetime James Harden? And there really isn't any. So I, I think as it relates to the regular season, like, and I know what happened last year. Like, I don't put too much credence into uh, this part of regular season, especially considering the amount of players that are out for the Suns, right? And look, the reality is Luka's a very special player. This game got away, but I do think if the Suns are completely healthy, you won't see what you saw last year, frankly. Yes, they're healthy. Yeah, Jay, when you think of the Phoenix Suns, well, why don't you just, you know, I'm going to lay you down. You, you, you go ahead and sit down on the couch and I say Phoenix Suns to you. What, what do you think of? What's the first thoughts that you have? I think it's collective. And I think it's team, actually. Um, here are a couple of things, Will Freddie. Number one, DeAndre Ian, player of the week. Mm-hmm. You have Devin Booker, player of the month. You have Monty Williams, coach of the month in the Western Conference. James Jones gets promotion. You have five games in eight nights, okay? And you guys are about to hit this crazy stretch that we talk about all the time in the league. It's like the holiday season, right? With guys like CP3, Cameron Johnson, guys, Torrey Craig being out. It's about how do you continue to tread water and find different ways to win. And I, I will say this. I know so much of the MVP talk will be around, you know, Luka Doncic and company and, and what Steph is doing and other players. But Devin Booker says 681 points in 26 games, man. That's a Phoenix Suns record, okay? And he's like one or two percentage points off of 50, 40, 90. The, the load he's carrying right now is exactly what you want to see from your star player. And staying in games and finding ways to win games. I, I think that's the biggest thing all you can do. And you hope that you can continue this pace throughout this holiday season when guys take you know, possessions off or guys spend time thinking about vacations with their family or getting to all-star break in that turn to make sure that you keep the boat afloat, frankly, Wolf, to get to a point where everybody gets back and everybody gets healthy. Mm-hmm. Talking to Jay Williams, uh, Jay, sort of along those lines, you mentioned Chris Paul. He has not played in a month, and I'm kind of wrestling with this. I think we all are. You know, Everybody hates load management, but you also got to be smart with Chris Paul considering what's happened to him in the playoffs the last few years. How would you handle a situation like that? <laughs> Look, man, uh, we always, I get into this um, a lot of times doing media with different hosts around our network that say you're cheating the fan out of an experience. And um, just let me say that typically the people that say that have never played 82 games. (laughs) And I understand that fans are paying their money to see players play. But at the end of the day, Chris Paul has never won a world championship. And what's always been the knock on him is that when you need him the most, something happens. He gets hurt. So, I mean, let's be real here. Phoenix wants to win a world championship. Now, if you guys come in third or fourth in the Western Conference, we've seen the whole court, that's what you want to do. But this whole thing that, like, it, like the, the regular season, it, it, I'm not saying it's not meaningful to get your rhythm, to build chemistry, to understand who needs the ball when, and you have that fluidity with the team. But the reality is, 
TP3 needs to low manage at this stage of his career. And same with LeBron James. Like you want these guys to be as fresh, but also to be hitting their stride when you need them to the most. And frankly, that's the second half of the year to get ramped up. So I, I take my time from CP3. I'm in constant communication with the organization. And we make sure that when we turn the all-star break, I start ramping it up and I get ready for playoff basketball. Because frankly, that's what your legacy is defined by. Yeah, you know what, Jay? I, I've been waiting to ask you this question. And Luke kind of touched on it already. But I, I need to be a little bit more clear and direct with you on this because I want to get your opinion. There are two types of people in the world, those who believe in teams getting inside the heads of players and those that believe that teams can't get inside the heads of players. Which one are you on that one? Because, again, um, it's there's a lot of variables that are involved in this, but I want to know specifically which one are you? I am always the hunter. I am never hunted. Yes. And everything I do in my life, regardless of if I won a national championship my sophomore year, that blank never happened my junior year. Regardless of whether I was the first player in Chicago to get a triple-double since Michael Jordan, it never happened the next game. I think the, the teams that learn to attack instead of trying to repel attacks, those are the teams that have a mental and psychological advantage. I'm always the hunter. That is that is great, man. That is a good answer. I did not see that coming, my brother. Jay always surprises you with his yeah. answers. All right, uh, we're talking to Jay Williams. He's joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Jay, I want to switch gears to football here, and I want to ask you about a name that's just kind of been looming out there all season. Uh, Sean Payton, I'm assuming, is going to coach somewhere next year, and I'm, uh, there's always openings. What, what do you think about uh, his future? So a lot of people keep telling me that Sean Payton has a home you know, in that little Hermosa, Manhattan Beach area that's very close to San Diego. But I'm just going to tell you guys, from a couple of friends, uh, the thought of Sean Payton coaching a guy like Kyler Murray, even though I know it's been pretty turbulent around Kyler Murray and what some players have been saying about him in the media, but there, there is something that I keep hearing about the thought of what Sean Payton will be able to do with the offense, with the pieces. And... If you, if you were to ask me, frankly, I would rather take the Justin Herbert opportunity over to Kyler Murray just because if that does go down that direction with Brandon Staley and then not being able to complete and make the playoffs due to injuries, like that might be an opening. But if you're asking me what the perfect fit for a guy like Sean Payton is, I just, I just think Arizona, continuing what I keep hearing from people, watching the way Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler keep throwing people underneath the bus, I, I just feel like that is the one authoritative figure that would demand and have the respect of Kyler Murray. And the team's offense would be transformed because I truly do believe with the talent on the Cardinals, you guys are one of the sleeping giants in the NFL, just not being competent enough to figure it out. You know, I would not uh, be surprised to see the Denver Broncos job come open <laughs> as well. I mean, there's a real possibility. What's that, Jay? I wouldn't be surprised to see that either, Wolf. I mean, I, it's, I, I can't imagine... We're actually having conversations right now. And look, who knows where things will go, but can you play yourself out of the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I know. Like, have we ever seen this happen before? What? I know. It's in, it really is incredible, Jay. It is. I, I, it's it's got to be something that has happened. Obviously, whether it's Russ or whether it's Hackett, I have no idea. But it is, man. It is something right now. If you're the ownership of the Denver Broncos. 
I, I don't know, man. You've got some decisions to make on that one. Also, the wolf, like, here's one thing. When, when guys, like, I listen to the Richard Sherman podcast all the time. There is, like, a, a, a weekly assault, like, a weekly attack on Russell Wilson. Like, I've heard Beast Mode talk about, if I can't, Marshall Lynch, if I can't text you, I don't have a relationship with you. So when you when you see people on the bro, on the sidelines, the defense, the defensive player that came out like two weeks ago barking back at him, and you see the lack of productivity, not scoring a touchdown line, you're like, what, what am I? What am I watching? I this feels like a lack of identity, frankly. And if you don't have a sense of self uh, that you've been able to submit within the team structure, how can you ever lead others if you can't lead yourself? And that's where I find myself constantly questioning Russell Wilson. Like, what is the true? I know what the perceived character is. But adversity reveals character, and now I want to see how he leads, and it's not looking great at all. No, it is not. Jay, we appreciate the time, man, as always. Thank, Thank you, you, buddy. All right, boys. Have a good day. Okay, right, man. That's Jay Williams joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. That's interesting stuff there on Russell Wilson at the end. Yes. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now when we come back. But, Wolf, if you already felt fired up today, yeah. get ready for the next segment because okay. the transfer portal in college football is in oh, full no. swing, and it is even more ridiculous than I ever assumed it would be. Oh, no. So how does Wolf feel about it? All right, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show here on a Tuesday morning. It is Wolf and Luke live from the Auction Community Studios. Thanks to Jay Williams for joining us last segment. Uh, Wolf, <laughs> here we go. College football, the playoff is set. This season isn't even over, and everybody that's not on one of those four teams is switching teams. That's basically where we're at. Just stop it. It's basically where we're at. Honestly, right now, our, when I say transfer portal, what do you think of? So... <laughs> The, the ruination of college football. <laughs> yeah, That's what I think way. of. The transfer portal is supposed to be like, hey, you know, I chose to go to this school and the coach bailed on us, or this is just not a great situation for me, or I got to be closer to, you know, I want to be closer to home. I get, for whatever reason, I, you got to have the transfer portal there, but there should be some sort of requirement to walk through it, right? It's it's like it's like you go to a party and they're just like anybody in, like okay, well it kind of loses the value of the party, right? I'd like there at least to be some level. Well, Wow! Just anybody comes walking in the door. Just we, random we know people who you don't you even are know. Now. <laughs> Listen, I I despise the transfer portal for many many reasons. Basinonians, we teach our kids to cut and run when things get tough. Hey, listen, if, if you are a guardian out there, if you're a parent, if you're a dad, you don't want to teach your kids to cut and run when things get tough. Yet that's exactly what we do with a transfer portal. If things don't go the way you want them to go, don't stand for that, Bram Walden. Don't stand for that. Yes, you've been up there in Oregon for one year. Don't stand for that. Get out. Don't tough it out. Cut and run. I, why did you go there in the first place? 
What, did you think you were going to walk right in the door and suddenly you were going to be a starver? And then we're going to get you NIL money that was big time? We teach our kids that loyalty doesn't matter. Your word doesn't matter. You know what matters? Money. Money matters. It's all about maximizing your leverage. Forget about the coaches that helped you get better. This is all about you. The way that the world is all about you. So when you have a great season, put your name out there and see what kind of NIL you can broker. Isn't that right, Dorian Singer? Man, things went really well for me down here at the U of A. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get out there and see what kind of NIL I can get. I'm going to hit the transfer portal. There's absolutely zero governance on the NILs as well. And how much damage they can do. Is anyone out there taking track or recording any of this stuff? That's what I want to know. The only thing that kept me from ruining my life in college was money. That was the only thing. Or the lack thereof. Because I had none. This is a disaster, what is going on right now. This is the world that we have created. Everybody forms self. This is where I'm supposed to come in and you know be the voice of reason or, or the opposing view. I think I'm actually more fed up with it than you are at this point, Wolf. Because it's sickening to me. It is. I, I can I can hear the contrarian view out there of oh, we gotta tell a kid he can't make money, he can't do what's best for him. Yeah, look. Yeah, I am gonna tell him that because he's got a scholarship that is paying hundreds of thousands of dollars worth. Well, there's no for that scholarship. There's no argument. There, there's no legitimate argument that you can't regulate this on some level like the Dorian Singer example and, and look if something comes out in two days where he had to switch for personal reasons then I will take it back from him specifically but he is the specific example when you used to talk about this in the offseason that I worried the most about because it's not just the NILs and it's not just the transfer portal you've created free agency in college football but it's not even like free agency in pro sports you're a free agent in pro sports you know every four years you sign your deal okay you're locked in for four years then you're going to be a free agent we all know when in college football, you're just a free agent all the time. That's all you are. Dorian Singer goes to U of A, and you know I don't like U of A. Has a great season. Okay, now he's going to leave. Yeah. This is going to become the norm. Every school outside of the top 20 is a feeder system. Man. We have developed minor league baseball. Congratulations, college football. You have turned your sport into a minor league outside of 20 teams. Everybody else is a feeder system for the Ohio States and the Alabamas and the Georgias and the Michigans. And it's one thing when those teams are consistently at the best because they can recruit based on their traditions. It's completely different when everybody else is just Developing players to send to them. You know, honestly, if things don't change at all with the NIL and the transfer portal being what it is right now, based on our needs, if you are one of the top teams in the league or, or in the country, if you're one of the top teams, if you, if you are Alabama by way of example right now, why would you waste money recruiting anybody? <laughs> I let mean, somebody else develop them for you. Let somebody else do it when you say, oh, that kid, that kid. That kid, that kid. You'll have the pick 
of the litter. Ohio State should never have to play a freshman unless it's like just a can't miss five star recruit. Exactly. Let everybody else do all the recruiting. Let them all pay you know an additional NIL or you know just develop the players for you. And then when you look around, you say, okay, we need a receiver. Uh, U of A's got a good one. We'll take him. We'll just take him. <laughs> exactly. Who else do we want to take? What? By the way, we can actually watch us on tape. I, yeah, seriously, we can see him play against college. Watch teams. him play right there. Why in the world would we recruit this kid unless we're talking? Bo Jackson or Herschel Walker. They will recruit him coming I out of high school. Don't get how people are cool with this. Like, I, I, if you want to man. tell me the kids deserve to be paid, that's fine. I don't blame the kids for this. If you want to tell me that, you know, whatever, guys need to be able to transfer, that's fine. But you have to regulate it somehow. You have to you have to regulate something where everybody isn't just a free agent all the time. Yes, once again, this is something that is very, very personal to me. Yeah, I know I'm fat and 60 right now, but I can tell you that when I was young, um, the son of a truck driver, I, I didn't think I'd ever go to college. I didn't think I'd ever have the chance to go to college. And this is why this elite mentality of not looking at college and tuition and room and board and books being paid for, not seeing any value in that whatsoever, it drives me nuts. I want to gouge my eyes out. It does. It, I, I, can't even, I can't even think of it because it makes me so angry. Who are you? Who are these people? You elitist. With your mentality, looking at that like there's no value to that whatsoever. You're making all this money off these. You know what? That's been going on for a long, long time in a lot of different sports. Look at the filthy rich owners that own all the franchises, the sports franchises. Are they about making money? You better believe it. Uh, look, um, this, this is personal. You just look at a college education like it means absolutely nothing. A stipend? You ought to get a stipend. They should. That's something I didn't get. That's great. Give give a kid a little cash in his pocket. I get that. Understand it. They should include a stipend and have that. But man, this? What is going on? What a joke. Well, this isn't. What an absolute abomination it's turned into. You said earlier, um, you know, you're teaching your, your, your college athletes, okay, if things get tough at all, just leave. <laughs> it's not even that, Wolf. We're so far past that. It's okay. You use this school as your stepping stone to your next school. Exactly. And, and exactly. it's just, <laughs> I just, I don't, if everybody's going to be cool with this and keep letting it happen, it's only going to get worse. And so, yeah, if you're a fan of Ohio State, and I'm just using them as an example because it's never going to hurt them, then sure, I guess you love it. It's, it's You're going to have a 20-team league. That's basically all it is. None of the other programs are going to matter at all because the worst thing you can do is find a player that wants to come play for you that nobody else wants and turn him into something good. Because yeah. if you make him too good, he's going to leave no matter what. So again, you can do this in a way where, where the athletes get paid and you can do it in a way where guys can switch schools if they need to or if they, you know if there's if there's some sort of extreme reasoning, but it can't just be every single year I want to leave because I might make an extra 5000 here. Like how is that system? And once again too, I, I want some type of governance on this where somebody's keeping track of how many kids this is ruining in their career. Not how many kids actually benefit from, how many kids does it ruin? You really think they care? 
I mean, this is the same governing body that was like, well, we can't play more than 11 games because it'll mess with the education. And now we've expanded to 12 teams and the championship winning team may play 16 games. So all of a sudden they found a way to do it when they caught on that they could make more money off of it. The powers that be in college football, they're the ones who wanted this to happen. And that should have told us everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to put it. How crucial is the run game for the Cardinals in these final five games of the season? Kelvin Beecham is weighing in. We'll get you his thoughts next. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, Wolf, I think I figured out a solution during the break. Why don't we just redraft college football every single year? Just do that. There, problem solved. Just honestly, um, I'm so thankful for football because it, it taught me so many things. So many things about life. And, yeah, what is going on with college football and the transfer portal? It's bad, baby. I don't, I mean... You don't have NFL free agency for every player every year. (laughs) So you can't tell me it can't be regulated in college football, but it can be regulated in the NFL. Uh, All right, back to the NFL, where guys at least stay on their team for more than one season. The the Cardinals, (laughs) this is something you've been saying for a while, Wolf, and you're not the only one, and and I think more and more people are on board. Uh, Calvin Beecham, though, talked about the running game specifically against the Chargers, how that was progress. And Beach was the guy that joined us in the booth during training camp when you asked him about, hey, you want to run the ball more? And he just took his headset off. Offensive linemen like to run the ball. But So it's not a surprise that he had this to say yesterday. You know, when you're able to have that type of run game, you're able to open up the play-action game, which at the end of the day, you know, that's that's what it's all about. Being able to get chunk chunk plays, but it's also about a run game. Uh, I thought we did a really good job of that in the first half. I thought we did a really good job of that in the second half. When we needed to run the ball in the most critical moments of the game, late in the game, we didn't get the job done. Um, but I think we made some progress in making sure that, that run game is efficient. You know, over 100 yards, had J.C. that went over, four, you know, went over 100 yards for the first time this year, so that was gratifying. The question is, how do we now stack it? It's great that you can do it one time, but now do you, how do you stack it and be able to, you know, find a way to get it done? We've got Monday Night Football. We know we have a very, very tough opponent uh, in the Patriots that are coming into town. So how do we translate some of the things that we did well in the last game and put them into context and be able to put them into play uh, in this week's game? Especially against the New England Patriots who know how to get to a quarterback. You, you've got to be able to run the ball. You have to be able to do that. You've got to be able to line up and be physical and expect your offensive line to actually be physical and more physical than the guy that actually lines up across from them and run the ball. I mean, this is what, this is what coaches have been doing for years, demanding from their players that they beat the man in front of them. And sometimes the man in front of you is J.J. Watt. (laughs) Sometimes he's really, really good. And yet you're going to demand that you beat him because it's your job to try to beat him with everything you've got. It's a mentality. It really is. And I think that's what Beach is talking about right now. The mentality that it takes to start stacking games 
where you're trying to run the ball. Uh, I should point out to you, it's Calvin Beecham. You might be wondering, hey, I didn't hear any other Cardinals speak yesterday, coming off the bye week, going into a, an extended week with the Monday night game. That he was, it's, it's Calvin Beecham. So of course he was out at a charity event yesterday when he it's had that conversation. It's Calvin Beach. By the way, if he ever runs for president, he's got my vote. I think you told him that. Actually. Yeah, I did. So if he ever runs for president, we're going to know you're you you're yep. the one that started this. You put the thought in his his, uh, his mind. Now look, I mean, it's um, he spoke very eloquently on that and some other stuff that we will play later on in the show, but specifically with the run game, that was their first really good run game this season, and if you're looking for things that you can build on in this this final five-game stretch, that's one of them. I, you know, I asked this question in our email that we sent around before the show meeting. You know, James Conner, we're going to see a lot of him here in these final five games. Are we going to see more Keontae Ingram? Because now you kind of need to know what you have in him. Um, both you gotta you have to be able to run and he said it right there and i know i'm preaching to the ultimate choir on this when you run as well as you did it does set up play action you don't have to make this complicated it is i know i mean you can do all the other complicated things the idea that you have to separate yourselves in certain ways but if every other team is taking those five yards they get on play action because they've run the ball for 120 yards, you may as well take the five yards too. It's like it's like you get a free you get a free sub at the sandwich shop. Yeah. If you need the free sub, you may as well take it. You got a, the ten punches on the card already. What kind of sub? Are we talking Italian. about that? You gotta go to Oh, yeah. the Italian. Um, with what? Okay, the Italian club. What's on that? Well, uh, salami, salami and pepperoni. pepperoni. Oh, Capicola. there you yeah, go, right yeah. there. Okay, you know what? I'll take. Yes, please. More, sir. Can we order some of that? Um, a little Oliver Twist for some of you that are out there right now. They had Italian subs and Oliver Twist? They, no, they oh. didn't, but that's what he was talking about when he held the dish up and said, More, sir. <laughs> they were giving I'm him sure parole, he but he wanted a, an Italian sub. He was sub. thinking about an Italian sub. <laughs> What are you doing? How do we have audio of Oliver Twist? What are you doing? Um, Isn't that a book that was written like 200 years ago? Listen, this is this is something that I want to see over the next five games when we talk about um, what can the Arizona Cardinals accomplish in five games that are left this season when you're four and eight. Um, it is all about Kyler Murray and getting Kyler Murray right. And yet at the same time, they've got to find an offense that Kyler Murray can continue to evolve in, to blossom in, an offense that works going forward, an offense where you could be anything you need to be in order to beat your opponent, not just one way, not just always in the shot done, not just always with RPOs, not just always the zone read, do it all. When you have options now, you can say, hey, you know what? This team right here really is is soft. Their underbelly is soft. They're a really good team defensively when it comes to their second-level players and their secondary. They're really good, but their defensive line, they're soft. we got to be able to run the ball and attack the line of scrimmage in a north-south way because they got a bunch of light butts up there, if you know what I mean. Okay, they got a bunch of guys who don't have a, a lot of can. So to speak. All right. So for the song to get played. So no, I'm not. So you have to be able to do that. And I don't understand why that is not being employed. You know, what would be great. Maybe this should be a segment on the show. Uh, if you could ask anybody one question and they had to answer it, honestly. Yeah. 
I'd like to ask Kyler Murray what he thinks of the offense that they run. Yeah, and you got to answer it honestly. You can't you can't tell me, hey, this is what we do. I trust coach. Can you, can you tell, do you like the offense the way it's being run? Because yes. you're four and eight. So I'm sure Kyler Murray has thoughts of like, well, I'd like to do this differently, or and maybe Cliff works with him on it. Yeah. Who knows? Well, there's it is the great unknown with the Cardinals of of. Why do certain things that other teams seem to do easily, why are they so difficult for the Cardinals right now? Is it a difference in philosophy? Is it Cliff can't put Kyler in the best possible situations? Is it Kyler won't go into those situations? Is it other teams dictating what they do? At a certain point, you need to be able to dictate to the other team what you're going to do. Right, exactly. The first, what, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games last year, it felt like the Cardinals said, hey, when we're on offense, this is how it's going to go. And since then, it feels like, well, the other team told us we had to do this. Mm -hmm. The other team tells you what you have to do, and then you're going to win five out of 18 games. Yes, so this is something that again, uh, Calvin Beecham, I don't know if he got any other sound of Beach and what it was that he said, but I, to me, he holds the key, man. His words hold the key for the Arizona Cardinals over the next five games. This is an offense that I think they need to evolve, and that's the direction it needs to evolve in. Running the ball. And being a more physical team, being able to do that, start stacking this stuff so you can use play action to throw the ball. Did you hear him mention the chunk throws, the chunk plays? That's where they come from. Those chunk plays were suddenly, man, at second level. They suck up and they're, oh, they're just going to run the ball again. That's what they're going to do. They're just going to run it. And all of a sudden, no, no, they're not running it. It's a simple concept, and it's been around from the beginning. And yet, it's something that teams have been trying to execute and do it perfectly for so many years. It's the key to the game. You have to be able to do it. One more from Calvin Beecham. Uh, just asked a more broad question of if he has ever been through a season like this one, because I think we'd all agree this has been pretty frustrating, really since like training camp. Hey, I've never been a part of a season like this. It's been it's been a it's been a roller coaster for sure, uh, emotionally, mentally, physically. Uh, we've had a lot of guys in and out of lineup, so it's been challenging in that regard. Uh, but again, we still have a great opportunity in front of us to to be successful when it matters the most. You know, you want to be able to win December football. Uh, we have an opportunity to win December football goes into January this year, so uh, we have an opportunity to, to still put our best foot forward, and really it's all about pride at this point. Um, it's not about, uh, you know, I know people don't like to hear that, but it's not about what's on the front of the jersey, it's what's on the back of the jersey. Um, and it's taking pride in what you do, taking pride in your detail, taking pride in your execution. <laughs> you, it just, it's like Beach goes out there and just says things you've been saying what for you, a while. You know, this again, is why you'd vote for him as president. That's exactly right. It's right there. You know, I, I just I don't don't let that fly by you right now. If you're a, a young crunk brother or sister that is out there, listen to Calvin Beecham and what he is saying. This is an incredibly smart guy, and yet he is talking about taking pride in what it is that you do. Right, not walking around as a proud person and I'm better than you and I'm so prideful I'm not talking about that I'm talking about caring about what people think based on your performance no matter what that performance may be or where it happens yeah I got one more from Beach real quick we're late to break but I'll play this one too you know, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a pride thing. You know, um, at the end of the day, you have an opportunity uh, to go one and zero this week. And I, I can't speak to to the rest of the season, but you have an opportunity to go one and zero this week. 
even though as bad as our record is right now, as, as hopeless as it looks right now, there's still a very, very small hope that we can make a way to get into the, the, the tournament at the end of the year. So we can just handle one game at a time and then let, let the chips fall where they fall. What does it say about you? What does it say about you if you go ball out to the end, even though you have no chance of going anywhere? Because you take pride in what you do. All right, we come back. We'll take you through the top stories of the day. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.